Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. You know, for a person that preaches the word quite often like I do, it's good to be able to remember that the connection with God is, you know, is, is a thing that needs to happen. You know, when you share the word, whether you share it from the pulpit or whether we share it out in the streets in our workplaces, it's got to be a connection. That's one of the challenges for a preacher to connect to God and then connect to the, to the congregation and then for the congregation or inspire the congregation to connect to God as well. And so that's why we pray for the word before we share the word, that there's a connection all around that, that we connect with the living God. And uh, so we don't connect with the wrong, the wrong uh, have the wrong connections, have the right connections. So thanks, Dean, for sharing that this morning. So on that note, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Let your anointing be upon every single one of us that we will receive your word with all joy this morning. And Lord, that your word would go forth, Lord, in the manner that you intend as you give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying through your word. And Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for the anointing on your word. We thank you for the revelation and the power of your word. And Lord, and we thank you and praise you. You are the living word. And we praise you, Jesus. Amen. As Emily was saying, we, the, the series we've been doing this, this month is Refresh, Rebound, Refocus. There's numerous examples throughout the Bible where someone had to refocus on their walk with God. You know, they got enticed away from focusing on God for one reason or another. And uh, we can all be like that as well. But Peter is one a classic example in the Bible. Um, you know, he said, even if I have to die with you, I won't deny you, Jesus. And Jesus said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Sure enough, Peter denied uh, Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And when Peter denied Jesus the third time, Jesus looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words of Jesus. You know, then after he remembered that, he, uh, he went out and wept bitterly. In other words, Peter repented and uh, he was cut to the heart. He was devastated, you know, that, that he let down not only himself, but Jesus also. And quite often that's what happens when we sin and when we're drawn away and when we're, you know, uh, distracted. We start to let down ourselves. We also let down God. And I can't speak for Peter and I reckon it'd be wrong of me to speak for Peter, but I believe he was so devastated because he'd let Jesus down. You know, he'd, he'd made bold declarations. Well, even previous to this, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I'm not sure what emotions, like I said, earlier I'm not sure what emotions Peter would have experienced after this event most likely every emotion possible and then some more but the key points for me to learn from this is that even though Peter's actions <clears throat> didn't line up with his confession or intentions Jesus didn't reject him or disown him you know he made a bold declaration have any of us ever made a bold declaration have any of us you know made promises to God and failed to live up to them. And then when it's been pointed out, we've been cut to the heart. 
<coughs> our hearts are melted or whatever the situation is. And uh, I believe that's what's going through Peter at that time as well. And uh, see, Jesus didn't reject or disown him. In fact, it was the opposite. Peter, I know that you have a test coming up and I know that you're going to fail the test. <laughs> but I also know that I have prayed for you and I know that even though you're going to fail, you will be stronger in your faith because of it. Yeah. Oh, what a prayer. And what else have I written here? <laughs> and when, you've, when you rebound from this failure and refocus on me, you'll be stronger in your faith. You'll be able to help your brethren overcome their testings and their trials as well. And that's why Jesus prayed for him. He knew what was going to happen. Does he know that we're going to fail from time to time? Of course he does. But that's why we pray. That's why we connect. That's why we allow the Spirit of God to come around our lives because we are strengthened by it. And uh, do we rejoice that we failed? No, we can be disappointed just like Peter was disappointed. And if we're disappointed, then we'll, it'll come to repentance, won't it? We'll say, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I did this. And then, you know, a weight, weight will come on you of shame and guilt that you've done that. And then Jesus takes the weight away as we confess it to him. <laughs> he takes that weight away. Ever felt that when you've done something wrong? You feel, feel bad and there's a weight upon you. Then you confess it to Jesus and then the weight is lifted and, uh, and you can rejoice. And the weight got lifted off Peter. You read the story of Peter, what an amazing man, the things that he did. Praise God for him. Now, King David is another classic example of someone who lost their focus, someone who lost their way. Psalm 51, we would turn there in a moment, but it's one of the most, you know, to me, one of the most significant uh, psalms throughout the whole Bible, significant stories, significant parts of my life. One of the prayers I've probably prayed the most, one of the, the chapters of the Bible I've visited the most. And uh, I'm sure it can be connected to what Peter went through as well. And, uh, but for those who are not familiar with the background concerning this psalm, Psalm 51 was written or composed after David was reminded by the prophet Nathan of his evil, of the sin that he committed. He reminded him. See, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Bathsheba became pregnant from the encounter. David tried to cover it up. He said to Uriah, you know, he called him in from the battle and he said, oh, will you go home tonight? And I suppose he thought, well, there'd be no, you know, parent testing back then that uh, Uriah would be with his wife and then he'd get the, you know, the, the blame for the fatherhood, I suppose. He tried to cover it off, but he was too righteous. He was a righteous man. He said, no, all my other fellow people are out in tents. They're out in the fields. They're out in other places. I'm not going to go home. So he didn't go home. It was honourable. And uh, so he said, it's not fair for me to do that, go home and sleep in my bed and do all those kinds of things while the others are at war. So that didn't work. So David had to come up with another plan. So his next plan was to send him off into the front line of battle where the hottest part of the battle where the chances of being killed were very high. So that's where he put him, right up the front. Sure enough, he got killed. And uh, so that made the way for David then to marry Bathsheba. And, you know, you read the story. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 12, it talks about Nathan the prophet coming to David 
and talks about the rich man and the poor man, where the poor man had a ewe lamb and it, you know, ate off the table and they nursed it and they slept with him in the beds and this ewe lamb was their prized possession. And the rich man had a visitor come and he had a heap of sheep or lambs that he could have killed for a feast and he decided to take the poor man's lamb away. He took it away and he killed it, killed the lamb and they ate the, the ewe lamb for the visitor. And, uh, and David was outraged when he heard this. Who has done this? This man should be killed. He should be paid back. And, you know, he was outraged at what had happened. And Nathan said, well, you are that man. You're the one that done that. God had given you his kingdom. He'd given you everything. And if that hadn't been enough, he would have gave you more. See, he was cut to the heart then. And out of that, out of that, he wrote Psalm 51 and uh, composed Psalm 51. Let's, let's read that now. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Delivered me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will will not despise. I mean, there's so much in this. It could take probably a whole month just to pull pull apart all this the scriptures that's going on there. I'll just do my best in a few minutes to, to just highlight a few verses. Wash, verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 1 John 1 9 says something similar. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, it's got to be true repentance. Yeah? Complete repentance. Can't hold anything back for later. You know, he didn't hold anything back. So give it all to God. True repentance is an honest confession. This was an honest confession. Remember Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He's the weight of sin of the world was so much upon him that he started to sweat blood. The weight of what David had done, he was talking about his bones being broken. You know, not literally, but there was a weight of his own sin was that great, was that strong 
It was starting to break him. It was always before him, but he was pleading to God to take away this guilt, to take away this shame, to take away all that was happened and the weight of it was overbearing. It was more than he could carry. The same with any of our sin. What does Jesus say? Come to me, all you are heavy laden, you know, and I'll give you rest. I think recently, I think Ken might've been sharing that as well or others. I don't know where I hear stuff half the time, but it, well, I'd know where I hear it, I did in church. <laughs> but, I, but what I'm saying is we need to be ones that can come to God with a full confession, you know, a full repentance to ask that forgiveness, you know. See, that's when there's a lifting of the weight of sin. That's when the refreshing comes, when we admit our sin, not when we make excuses for it. Too often that's what we do. We make excuses for our sin, but I'm only human. <laughs> yes, it may be a reason, but it's not an excuse. We are children of the Most High God. And when we displease Him, then we need to repent of that. We need to get back into His presence and we say, well, God, forgive that iniquity, forgive that sin, take the weight of that from me. We know you're a just judge. And times there are consequences for that sin. When David sinned, there was huge consequences for that sin, for that moment of what he did. There was huge consequences, but he had a covenant of sure mercy with the living God. So God forgave him. We have a covenant of sure mercy with the living God as well, a blood covenant. So he will forgive our sin. We can be assured that he will forgive our sin. But the point is, let's not sin in the first place. <laughs> let's allow the Spirit of God to strengthen us from the temptation to sin that we won't dive into the sin and that we'll be set free from the power of that as the Bible says that we are. Allow the Spirit to work, you know. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Isn't it amazing where he said against you and you only have I sinned? <laughs> I find that amazing. Sometimes we think, oh, someone sinned against us. Have they? They've sinned against God. That's what he's saying. He sinned against God. We hold an offence against someone that sinned against us. Have they sinned against us? They may have hurt us. They may have offended us. But it's up to us to forgive it, isn't it? Hey? But that's what he said. Against you and only you have I sinned. Makes that quite clear. I find that amazing. An emotional gospel wouldn't preach it that way, would it? The gospel of the living God preaches that way. He's a holy God and he sinned against the holiness of the living God. Amazing. Huh? Verse 10. There's plenty of scriptures that we can read. But verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Huh? Create in me a clean heart. Huh? Restore within me a sense of being brand new. Restore. But how many of us remember the day we were born again? Hey, did you feel brand new? I did. I felt brand new. <laughs> that was, what is it? No weight upon me at all. I've said it many times. It's like if I needed a pair of astronaut boots to keep my feet on the ground. You know, you're walking along, you needed something. You know, there was just a lightness. You were freed from the weight of sin, the pressure of the world. We're free from that. And what's changed? 
Is Jesus' sacrifice back when I was born again the same one? Yes, it is. Can I have that same feeling every day? Yes, I can. But what happens? You get too mature in Christ. <laughs> you get mature or you get distracted. You get weighed down and you forget to hand it over. Hand it straight to Him and say, hey, I can't carry this. And then you might go weeks, months, days, years or whatever, carrying something that you could have handed over ages ago. Could have handed it over straight away. And guess what? It's the same result. You start walking in freedom, renew, creating me a clean heart. Eh? Renew a steadfast spirit. It seems that David had the realisation that even though he had a heart after God's own heart, it wasn't clean. His heart wasn't clean. He had an unclean spirit. What would he do if he saw a woman take, taking a bath on the rooftop? What should he have done? Went back inside. That's what he should have done. Oh, that was an accident. That didn't happen. What happened? There was a lust inside that grew. There was a desire in there that grew. And he made a way for it to be fulfilled. See, we've got to cut sin off when it happens straight away. There's things we can't unhear. There's things that we can't unsee, but we can put them under the anointing. We can put them under the power of God. We can allow the Spirit of God to come upon them and to cleanse us from those things. If we have a trouble with lust, why watch TV at all? If we have a trouble with uh, payback and uh, a murderous spirit within us, why watch TV? Why fill our heart with those things? It's going to be in there. Why fuel the fire? Why put something on the fire? Why, why allow a pilot light to be there and when the fuel hits it, it ignites? We've got to get rid of the pilot light. All the sin, all the iniquity, put it all before God. Not allow the weakness. And this is what he was, to me, this is what David had recognised. Hey, I've got an unclean heart. It needs to be clean, creating it. See, see, his heart wasn't pure in the era of sexual morality. It wasn't pure. It needs to be pure. There's many people that can struggle with that area. A few pixels, a few dots on a page. A few, you know, whatever they call those things on a TV screen can engender things in the mind. You know, if it's not in the heart, it won't grow. If the mind's not fertile, the seed won't lodge. Well, it won't stay there. It's up to us to cleanse and say, God, I've got a trouble in this area. Cleanse me from this unrighteousness. Let me be steadfast and immovable in the faith. You know, create in me a clean heart, oh God. I want to change. I want to change the heart that I've got for a clean and pure heart, your heart. You know, a heart, your heart. What a mess this unclean heart of mine has caused. To me, that's what he was saying. It's caused a mess. I need a clean heart, oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. The definitions, for those who can't remember when I've read them out before, of renew, revive, make new again. Restore to the original state. Resume after an interruption. You know, that's what he's saying. Renew in me a steadfast. Resume that steadfast spirit within me. There's been an interruption. <laughs> that's what it is. When we sin, there's an interruption of that steadfastness of heart that's in us. And we need to be renewed in the area of our mind. Renewed in the area, whatever area it is. We all struggle with different areas. There's any of us, there's no one here that doesn't struggle with sin. I guarantee you. 
There's a struggle. There's a battle going on in the realm of the Spirit the whole time for your salvation. The flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. The Bible says that quite plainly. So don't feel unique that there's a battle going on. Don't feel dejected or despondent there's a battle going on that temptation comes your way. Temptation is not a sin. Stop that. (laughs) It's time to go to church. Temptation is not a sin. Jesus was without sin. He was tempted. All ways that we were tempted. So temptation is not a sin. Temptation gives, can be the start of a sin when it gives way to the desire or our desire gives way to the temptation, whatever way it goes. So it's up to us to remove ourselves from the temptation. Uh, so, you know, don't feel unique that way, but feel like I'm going to be an overcomer. Renew a steadfast spirit within me, you know, renew it. He had a steadfast spirit, didn't he, David? He already had one. He was steadfast when he stood before Goliath. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. He stood before Goliath. They all tried to talk him out of it. They all tried to say you're a shepherd boy. The armour didn't fit him. This didn't fit him. Go back and, you know, look after the sheep. You know, my dog that you come at with me was a stick. You know, you read the story there in Samuel. It's all there. They all tried to talk David out of it. But what was he? Steadfast, immovable. He stood before Goliath knowing he was going to win, knowing that he was in covenant with God. And that's why he was so cut to the heart what he'd done. When Nathan pointed out what he'd done, he says, well, I'll just read one more verse. The next verse there, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Hey, we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sin. We'd still be full of our own way. We'd still be full of whatever. It's the Holy Spirit that will lead us, to, you know, to bring about the godly sorrow. It's the Holy Spirit that brings about our conscience, the things. Yes, the prophet Nathan was used then, but the Holy Spirit is used now in this New Testament. The Holy Spirit will bring around that, you know, will prick our conscience or challenge our conscience, challenge our, our actions. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. Holy Spirit, Jesus said when he was leaving, he said to the apostles, I'm going to send you a helper because he knows we need help. (laughs) Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent him, would he? (laughs) We need the Holy Spirit. David knew how important the Holy Spirit was. Remember before he was king, he was anointed. The The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Samuel anointed him. It says there in 1 Samuel 16, I think, where the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, and the, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That's the difference. One will do it in the flesh. One will, we've got to do it in the Spirit. He knew how important the Holy Spirit. I'll just finish here if the musicians would like to come. Restore to me to the place I once was. That's what he's saying. Where I was steadfast, where I was unmovable. Concerning righteousness, I was unmovable. Concerning faith, he was unmovable. But just like Peter was instructed to strengthen the brethren, David was going to show sinners the way to please God and strengthen them to walk God's way as well. Verses 13 and 14. I'll just read them quickly. 
Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. That's what he's saying. Lord, take this weight from me. And as you take this weight from me, I will sing your praises. I will sing of the glory of the living God. Isn't that the same for us? As God takes away the weight, that's our testimony of faith, isn't it? God has done this for me. Yes, I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but that weight is now gone. The weight of sin. That's something to rejoice about, isn't it? Just turn to the person next to you and just grin at them and say, oh, the weight's gone. <laughs> the weight's gone. Hey, I'm refocusing. I'm rebounding. I'm restoring. I'm renewing. I'm re-whatever. Revamping. I don't know. Call it whatever you like. The praise of the living God of what He has done. Praise Him for His salvation.